Well, let's welcome back Coach Bruton. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Uh, no, no major uh, updates right now. It's just, you know, we're kind of in the thick of the schedule. Obviously, we're moving into, uh, you know, game six, and, you know, the guys are, you know, in the heart of now the academic year. So, um, dealing with, with, you know, obviously the uh, the midterms coming up and things like that. So, um, it's it just kind of a, we're, we're in the uh, the grind, if you will. Um, so, looking to get a win this week and, and kind of focusing on that. Well, let's talk about uh, the comeback falls a little bit short against St. Norbert last week. So, your thoughts on that contest? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a similar uh, similar tune for us. You know, we, we outgained them and, and uh, did a lot of good things and, and obviously didn't do enough to win the game and still struggling in the red zone. Uh, we had the pick six that, that really hurt. You know, I thought our defense, uh, for most of the game, played very well. Um, you know, we got we got beat up a little bit late in the game without their running game, and just you know couldn't couldn't really get a stop late. Um, but, but I thought our defense hung in there and played really hard, and uh, had a few injuries on that side of the ball, and had some younger guys kind of step up and, and play very well. So um, you know, good, great to see that. You know, offensively we're just struggling with consistency, and um, you know it's just been kind of a season long issue. We, we've been really good, kind of twenty yard line to twenty yard line, and been able to pick up some. Uh, you know, some great yardage, but, you know, struggling kind of to finish drives and, and things like that. So, uh, just frustrating. We feel like we're really close, and, um, you know, we're just waiting for that breakthrough game where, you know, we win one of these close games and make the plays late that we need to make. Now, you talked about a, a couple of costly mistakes in the game for the team. Um, are, are those things you just kind of, they just happen in a game, or, or do you address them in some capacity with the team? Yeah, I mean a little bit of both. Um, you know, we we had the pick six, and, and um, you know we struggled a little bit with protection at times during the game. Uh, on the pick six, Robbie just held the ball a little bit too long, and uh, we were trying to hit kind of a shot play, you know, a deep one, a deep post route, and uh, just kind of held it. He ended up getting hit when he threw, so it was one of those balls that he's trying to throw a post, you know, forty yards downfield, and the ball goes about twelve yards and gets picked off by a linebacker, and just kind of one of those unfortunate breaks where, you know. A lot of times that happens, and maybe he gets hit, and the ball goes, you know, and it hits the ground. It's an incomplete pass, and it's, it's no real harm. And you know, instead, it's seven points the other way. And it was a big momentum play. It was seven nothing game, uh, made it fourteen nothing. And um, you know, again, uh, Robbie did a ton of good things. I thought he played, you know, again another really good game. Um, you know, but just kind of those those momentum plays that that broke against us. Uh, we had we had a few of those that that kind of happened and. Uh, had another pick kind of near the end zone that, that hurt us a little bit. And, um, you know, a couple third down stops. We had a kind of a, a dumb penalty, um, you know, after a, a second and goal play on defense that gave them a first down inside the, uh, you know, inside the five-yard line, which was which was harmful. And, you know, things like that, you, know, you talk about them and, and you try to correct them. Obviously, you're watching film and trying to correct all the mistakes. Um, and sometimes, you know, there, there's plays that happen, there's breaks that happen in the game that, you know, really you can't prepare for. Um, and you just have to prepare kind of, for how your response is going to be, you know, and, and uh, you know, you talk about that a lot and just trying to keep your composure and, and play through kind of the, the bad points in the game and um, stay together on both sides of the ball and, and try to pick up the other unit when, when you can. That's kind of what, what we focus on. I know you're not a moral victory guy, so um, is there some consolation you take out of this by the fact that St. Norbert had that early lead and you guys just continually battled with them, made the three-point game out of it at the end? Yeah, not really. Um, not, not. I mean, we felt like it's a game that we that we could have won, and, and um, you know, you, you, you're happy, obviously. That you know, I don't think 
we're two and three, and, and part of my message this week is, you know, we are not um, – we're not two and three because we haven't played hard. Like our, our kids have played incredibly hard. Um, they've really competed, and and that's something that you're proud about. You know, we we've competed in, in all all three of our losses. Um, we've played really really hard, and it hasn't been because our kids don't want to win or aren't trying to win or um, they they care deeply and they they really you know we're hurting after the game on Saturday. Uh, and that's, you know, the expectation here is that we're going to play um, as hard as we can. We're going to compete as hard as we can anytime we're on the field. And that hasn't been our issue. You know, our issue has just been trying to correct the small mistakes, uh, the execution at times, and um, just just be cleaner in, in our operation and things like that. So, you know, our expectation is that our guys are going to play hard and and, uh, and, keep, and keep playing. You know, 14 nothing lead with, with how fast we play on offense and how explosive we can be, you know, doesn't feel insurmountable to our group. And, um you know, I thought we tried to give ourselves a chance late and, and just, didn't, just didn't do enough. Hey, you were talking about, I thought the defense played exceptionally well, really shut down their passing attack. Um, it, it looks like when a team comes in trying to throw the ball, that, that's such a strength to you guys. It, it, it almost feels like they're playing into your hands. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we, we've done a really good job, you know, defensively the last four weeks um, really getting better every week and we're doing it with a lot of young guys which is which is a cool part you know Jason Wilder's come back uh, from injury so he's been with you know back the last two weeks he's played really really well at, at corner um, but that secondary group you know we lost uh, one of our leaders back there Justin McMahon left the game pretty early with an injury uh, missed the rest of the game so you know Trayvon Roberts came in the game um, Duran Douglas played a lot Now we're playing three or four freshmen in the secondary right now, and those guys are, are playing really, really well and, um, you know, just doing a lot of good things. And, you know, a kid like Trayvon Roberts um, came in at nickel, and, you know, he's only about 140 pounds, but uh, threw his body around and, and um, ended up with seven tackles and, and, you know, really did a lot of good things, uh, especially in the in the run game and things like that. And, um, you know, again, uh, you know, at any time on defense, we're, you know, on Saturday, we were playing at times like five freshmen or six freshmen uh, with the D-line freshmen were playing as well. And um, those guys, just they just compete and they play hard. And um, you know, Coach Lato's doing a great job coaching them up with the defense staff. And, and uh, you know, they really played well. Like, like I said, in the second half, um, you know, St. Norbert's you know, kind of just said, hey, we're not going to try to throw the ball and we're going to try to, to grind it out. Um, you know, they had thrown um, – you know, I think that their quarterback had, had thrown a couple picks, and, and we'd done some really good things in defense, and they took the ball out of his hands and just said, hey, we're going to try to grind it out. And, um, you know, that's where, you know, their size and physicality wore us down a little bit. Uh, but I was really proud of how they played. Those, those guys, uh, you know, really competed, and, and that defense unit's getting better and better. And, and like I said, with the amount of young guys we're playing, it, it, that group could be really special, you know, as we continue to go this year. But, but looking into the future, it could be a really special group. Players you wanted to recognize from this week? Yeah, you know, I thought offensively, um, Caleb Bisaw, you know, continues to be um, really, really good. He's one of the leaders in the conference now in receiving both yards and catches. Um, he's been kind of the steady guy for us, and we need a play. Um, he's been the guy that, that we've kind of gone to, and um, just a really tough kid, really smart player, understands spacing, uh, but but it's become a really good athlete as well. You know, I think last year played as a freshman, wasn't quite ready. Um, at times, but, you know, had a great off season and uh, is really developing into a really, really nice receiver as a sophomore. And, um, he had nine catches for over 100 yards, had a big, you know, like 50-yard catch for us. It was a big play, and um, I thought, you know, I thought he played really, really well. 
Um, defensively, you know, I think Carlos Olsel has been really solid. He's one of our leaders back there. Um, you know, at linebacker, you know, he was very good. Jake LeClaire is, is a guy that's, um, you know, I think one of the best defense linemen in the conference and uh, really does a great job against the run. He's playing kind of our, our weekend and um, really kind of anchors the D-line for us. Uh, and then, like I said, some of the young kids that, you know, Trayvon Roberts really getting his first significant action um, was thrust into a game, you know, much earlier than he probably expected he was going to play or um, and finished with seven tackles. And I thought he did a nice job. And, you know, Duran Douglas out there, again, a guy that, you know, because of some injuries, played a little bit more than, than we probably expected and did a nice job. And um, those, those young kids just play. And that, that's the cool thing about watching them is they just play hard and, and they're kind of fearless out there, which, which is really, uh, really cool to see. Well, let's talk about this week's game. You take on Wisconsin Lutheran College, who's coming off their first win of the season. What, what are your initial thoughts on this contest? Yeah, you know, it's a game we went down there last year and lost a, a really close game, uh, tight game, and uh, they're a lot like us, you know, schematically. Uh, Coach Tresky being here, uh, obviously, he's one of one of my good friends, and um, schematically, we're very similar. Um, offensively, we do a lot of the same stuff. So, from a preparation standpoint, it's a little bit easier week to prepare for. Um, you know, they uh, they struggle a little bit out of the gate this year. They played a tough non-conference schedule. You know, Lake Forest and Carroll are two very good teams, and um, struggle a little bit. And, and, you know, I think it's going to be one of those, like, again, really even 50-50 type games where we're going to have to play very well. Uh, going to have to make those key plays late. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting a really good football game and, and them to be really well coached and ready to play. And, um, you know, playing down there is tough. It's kind of a – it's going to be windy. It's kind of a wind tunnel down there a little bit. Um, you know, and, and they've played well at home. They played as well last year down there. So, um, you know, I expect our guys to be ready to play and, and expect them to be ready as well. It's going to be a, a good football game. Now, while they had a great week last week rushing the ball, it's been a team that has primarily moved through their passing game. That that seems to fit again into the way your defense plays. So do you feel like you have a big edge in that way? No, I think, they, uh, the, the, I think they're pretty balanced. I think they want to be balanced. Um, you know, Coach Trevsky traditionally has been a guy that's, uh, been balanced offensively. You know, there were some years when he was here, we were really, really run heavy. Um, and, you know, I think they uh, last week had some success against Rockford running the ball and um, really had some success late in that game. Um, their running back's been a little banged up, so they moved a couple guys. Um, you know, Travion Green uh, is kind of their tight end H back. Uh, they line him up all over the field, and he's a really good athlete. He's one of the best athletes in our league. Um, so he played some running back last week and, and was uh, really effective. They moved a slot receiver running back last week and was really effective running the ball. Um, you know, for us, it's going to start with stopping the run and, and trying to make them as one-dimensional as possible uh, and then try to put pressure on their, on their quarterback. You know, I think, uh, you know, he's a, a transfer guy but a first-year starter, um, so a little bit older than you know, a traditional freshman, but a guy that hasn't had a ton of college experience and, um, you know, try to get him different looks and, and change coverages and, and try to give him, uh, you know, tighter windows to throw the ball into and, and, and again, try to put pressure on them. And, um, yeah, I think our defense is playing really well. We, we expect our defense to play well and, and, uh, and definitely keep us in the game. Well, let's jump into fan questions, and we'll start with Rick, who would like to know, do you have concern about the number of times that Robbie is carrying the ball because he is not a big guy? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, obviously he's our, he's been our most effective runner, so it's hard to take that away from him. He, you know, it's something he does very, very well. Um, you know, you, you try to limit his carries and, and some of it hasn't come, 
A lot of his runs have come on scramble situations where he's trying to make something happen, and obviously we're never going to take that out of his game. It's something that he does really well, and it's part of what makes him really special. Um, you know, so so again, I, you know, I don't think that's uh, you know, something we want to take away. Uh, but I think you try to you know you try to limit it as best you can. You know, I, I don't want him carrying the ball 30 times a game um, if possible. Uh, but you do what you got to do to win a game, and you know, I think last year he was carrying it about 20 times a game um, in his starts. This year. Um, you know, he's, he's down to about 16, 17 carries a game, but but a lot of those haven't been direct quarterback run type calls. It's been more um, him extending plays with his feet, scramble situations. Um, you know, he was a little banged up last week, but but played through it and and, uh, and played very well. He's feeling a lot better this week, which is a, a huge blessing for us. And um, he's a really tough kid, you know, really tough um and, and it's pretty good at avoiding shots. He's so shifty that he doesn't take a lot of direct shots. Um, and I've always said I think a lot of times when you're running the ball, it's a little easier to protect yourself than when you're in the pocket. You know, I, I think a lot of times when quarterbacks get hit um, and hurt, it's, it's when they're in the pocket. You know, they're standing more upright, um, and they take some of those shots. So we try our best to protect him. Obviously, we know how important he is to our team. Um, you know, so we, we try our best to protect him, but at the same time, when he's your best weapon, it's really hard to to limit him and, and not use him when you know how effective he can be as a runner. Here's a question I thought was pretty interesting. Darren would like to know, how do you talk to a ref when there has been a really bad call? I would suspect you can't call the guy a bunch of names or tell him what an idiot he is. So what do you say? Yeah, it's tough. You try to, you know, again, you try to model and, and control your emotions, Um and try to explain your point of view. You know, there's times you get on them, and um, I think the biggest thing is, is just trying to establish a relationship with them. You know, they, they come up and talk to us pregame. Most of our referees are, uh, most of the officials are, re- are really good good men and, and women, and um, they'll come up and introduce themselves, you know, talk a little bit. And uh, you know, I, I try to, if they, if they make a call that I think was a good call, try to try to make sure they know that as well. Even when there's a call against us, you know, there's times that, you know, they'll call us for a holding call. They'll call us for something and, and just let them know, hey, I was, you know, I think he got that one right. Um, so you have a little more credibility when you think they got one wrong. Um, we had a situation on Saturday. Uh, we were down by the goal line, uh, ran kind of a fade route, and, and our receiver got held pretty good, um, got grabbed. You know, his jersey got pulled from the pads. The rest didn't see it, and, and I, I got on them, um, you know, was yelling for the call, and, uh, we ended up scoring a couple plays later, and the official came over to me and said, hey, what did you see, you know, um, and just explained what I saw, and, and we had a good conversation, and he said, hey, if that's what happened, I missed it, and, and that's okay. Like, I think if you can get that type of relationship and that type of response from an official, like, I, I'm good with that. You know, they're going to miss some calls. Um, you know, there's times that I'm, you know, a little bit more vocal with them, but but really try to keep your composure and, and try to understand, like, you know, the referees aren't trying to make mistakes. If they make a bad call, I don't think – uh, very rarely does it feel like it's personal, or very re- rarely does it feel like it's egregious. You know, it's just hey, they didn't see it, and, and I think um, if that's the response. Um, you have to live with it. You know, you have to, and you have to keep calling the game and keep kind of coaching the game. And, and uh, you know, there, there's been very few times I really felt like the officiating has been has been very poor. And um, you know, I, I think they, they're trying to do the best job they can. It's, it's a tough job. Next up, we have two questions for you from Hal. So other than having to talk to me, he would like to know what, what annoys you the most about your job. Um, I, don't, I don't know if there's too much that, that annoys me. Um, it's, it's honestly, uh, 
you know, a, a great job. You know, on my worst day, I'm coming in and, like, watching film and um, breaking down film and, and hanging out with, with a bunch of uh, a bunch of great coaches that I love being with and um, players that I love being around. Um, you know, I think uh, with any job, there, there's some frustrations at times. And uh, I think at this level, you know, it's, it's you know, we're not – I'm not Nick Saban. So, you know, you're doing things that um, – you know, like a division one coach isn't doing and, you know, you're, you're cutting out name tags for recruit visits and you're, you know, ordering pizza for road games and you're, you're doing a lot of that logistical stuff that they can get, you know, times a little tedious and frustrating or, um, you know, our coaches are doing laundry and, and we're doing stuff like that and everybody's chipping in and, and helping out. But um, there's things like that, that, that I think sometimes people don't realize it's not just practice or, or games or, um, that kind of stuff. You're, you know, you're you're doing all the little stuff that makes the program go at our level, and I think that's the stuff that you know it doesn't really annoy you, but um, I think it's probably overlooked. With you know, a lot of our job is is not coaching football or X's and O's or calling plays or all that stuff. That that maybe it's the really fun part. Um, a lot of it is just the logistical stuff, the day to day stuff, the um, you know, the the paperwork and things like that that you're doing that, that um, you know, it, again, it's just part of it and you accept it, but it's a little different than it would be, you know, at a Division One staff when you have 40 or 50 people on your staff. You know, we, we have, uh, you know, 11 members of our coaching staff, but, but really, you know, in the office during the day, there's there six of us, you know, and the six of us are doing a ton of different things and a ton of different responsibilities and, and um, you know, it's all encompassing. I'm curious because there's so much logistical stuff to do. Do you find that taking on the role of offensive coordinator helps you to be to enjoy the game more because you actually get to spend less time doing logistical stuff and more time actually coaching the game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, game planning is something I really enjoy. Uh, having that uh, impact on game day is something I really enjoy. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's a big part of it. And, uh it definitely helps balance out some of the stuff that, that again, can get a little bit a little bit tedious. You know, when you're um, filling out credit card receipts that I was doing yesterday for, for all of our, uh, you know, last month, all of our travel, you know, you, you got seven receipts from Chick-fil-A and receipts from pizza and receipts from hotels and receipts from, you know, the trip to Walmart when I'm going and buying, you know, food for the locker room and, and bananas and, and water and all that stuff. You know, that, you know, the, the credit card stuff isn't real fun. Um, but the fun part then is, you know, the time that you're meeting with your staff and meeting with the players and you're, you're looking at different concepts, you're drawing stuff up, saying, okay, what do we, you know, if they give us this look, can we do this? And um, that part is really fun, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's probably the part that a lot of people, if you're thinking about getting into coaching, that, that's the part that, that excites you. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, as far as the football part of it, you know, I really enjoyed it. Like I said last week, um, you know, moving over to offense a couple of years ago really like reinvigorated me uh, for for coaching. You know, it, it really allowed me to get creative and and kind of um, you know you're kind of making a new playbook and you, you're a little bit different than what you've been you know for so many years on the defense side of the ball. So it, you know, for me, it's been something that's been a real positive. Hal would also like to know what do you think is the biggest highlight of your coaching career? Wow. Um, there's been, you know, I think some really, really, really great wins um, throughout the years. You know, I think um, the group we had, you know, my first couple of years as, as a head coach was, was really special. You know, my uh, my first game as a head coach was in 2015. We played down at Carroll, and, and we won a game in overtime. 
my wife had uh, we'd given you know had our son um, about 15 days earlier, so so my son was at the game as a 15 day old baby. Um, it was a night game. We won in overtime. We actually scored, and they scored. We blocked the extra point um, to win the game, and you know, that was one of those games that that I always remember. So that first win, but um, just been a number of of really really great wins over the years, and um, you know so that's part of it. You know the other part of it is just seeing guys that um, really develop in your program and develop obviously on the field, um, but also develop just just as people. You know there, there's guys that come to our program. Um, that you know, coming in, you know, you don't know if they're going to be able to make it. You know, they're going to be able to make it academically, or they're going to be able to make it socially. Um, you know, maybe they're a little immature. Or they, they didn't come from a really strong uh, family situation or, or different backgrounds, things like that. And then see the guys develop here, and um, they develop as players, but they also develop, like I said, as people. They you know, they become better students. They become leaders on campus. They're joining fraternities and they're doing great community service work and things like that. And that's always special as well. And we've had, you know, countless, countless guys that have, that have seen that transformation. And, you know, Lakeland's a place that, uh, you know, we get students from, from significantly different backgrounds. You know, we have local kids. We have kids that come from a distance and, and uh, you know, just different family situations, different family dynamics. Um, and just seeing the development of, of players is really special. Next up, we have Bruce, who says, the Eagles and the 49ers are the last two undefeated NFL teams. Who are you more impressed with? I think the 49ers, uh, for sure. They, they, they just seem very dominant. I know they haven't played a really tough schedule yet, but uh, I think I saw they scored 30-plus in, in all four games and have just looked really, really strong. So I think they've been a little bit more impressive. I, I think Philly's still very good. Uh, but I think just overall, the, San Francisco's been a little bit more impressive so far. Speaking of scoring? Isaiah says Miami put 70 up on Denver, falling just short of the NFL record. If you were the head coach, would you have wanted to go for that record so you could be an all-time great in terms of that record? I think that's a tough one because I think you uh, you certainly want to, um, but you also have the other part of it where when it's 70 to 20, um, anything you're doing with 70 points, you know, you definitely look like you're the guy that's running up the score and the guy that's just playing for the record. So I think it's a tough situation. Um, you know, I think I probably would have called some things to, to maybe try to score um, without, you know, without looking, uh, you know, without looking like you're trying to run it up. And, and I, the other part of it, I think, would also depend who your opponent was. You know, if it was an opponent that, uh, you know, maybe maybe you're not quite as fond of, maybe you try to get that last one in to set the record and. Uh, maybe if it's somebody else that you have a better relationship with, maybe you don't. So, um, yeah, I think it's a tough situation. I, I, I'd be happy just scoring 70, though. We, we'd, we'd settle for 70. Next up, we have John, who says, I know you're an avid fan for your Bears. So I'm kind of curious because it seems like fantasy football has made it so that uh, fans are not as interested in their team as much as they are interested in how well their fantasy team is doing. Do you find that to be the case as well? I think for sure. I think you see it a lot with, with younger kids as well. You know, they're, they're a fan of players and, and more so than teams. You know, so they love, um, you know, whoever, the, the, you know, they love Joe Burrow. So, you know, they're going to be a Bengals fan now because of Joe Burrow and, and things like that. And um, I stopped playing fantasy football years ago because I felt that. You know, I felt like 
uh, first of all, like as a as a coach and being busy in season, it was you know all of a sudden Sunday morning and you have three running backs in the game that are injured and, and they're starting on your fantasy lineup and you know you're you're not really uh, focused on that team as much. Um, but I think for sure you're, you're looking at um, you know I, I think you're looking at the guys in your fantasy team and they're playing against the Bears and you're you know do you root for your fantasy team or do you root for your you know the team you've loved your whole life? So I think it's definitely uh, definitely part of it. And the other thing I'll say is I think. Because um, you can see every game now, you know, you, you're not necessarily tied into your hometown team where, where you may have been 20 or 30 years ago where, you know, you live in Wisconsin and you only watch the Packers because the Packers are the team that's on every week. You know, now there's football on Thursday. There's obviously Monday night games. There's Sunday night. Um, you know, but then, like, with just red zone and everything else, you, you can see every game. Um, so it's a little bit easier to be, you know, a fan of a certain player or a fan of uh, a different team, you know, maybe, you know, maybe not your hometown team, if that makes sense. Eric says, big money in the lottery. What would you do with a billion dollars? A whole lot of nothing. Um, a whole, a whole, I, I, don't think you'd, uh, I don't think you'd hear from me anymore. I think I'd be off the grid, and um, I think it'd be a great problem to have. So I, I, uh, I bought a ticket for, for last night, and I think, or two nights ago, whatever it was, and uh, last night, I guess, and nobody won. So $1.4 billion. I could find ways to, uh, to spend some of it, and, and then uh, you know, obviously take care of family, take care of friends, but... You know, the people that say they would keep working, I always laugh at those people. Uh, there's no way. There, there's no way that uh, when I get an email saying i got to turn on my credit card receipts, I'm going to be very motivated to do that when I have, uh, you know, $1.4 in the bank or whatever the, whatever the amount would come out to be. Um, so I think, you know, I think for me I'd watch a lot of football. I'd travel. I, I'd, I'd try to go to a lot of the, uh, the big college football at pro games every weekend. Um, but I, I think it would be a lot of nothing. i do a lot of just relaxing. Next up, we have Zach, who says, it's Halloween time, and we know you love that. So are you also into the Halloween horror genre? Um, not really. Uh, you know, I, I don't dislike horror movies, but I'm not one of those people that's, um, like, a big horror person. You know, so if there's something that comes out that, uh, you know, is good, I, I certainly am not a person that's afraid of horror movies or, or dislikes them, but I'm not the other way either. So, um yeah, I mean, I think they're they're fun when they're on, and and uh, you know, my boys are Colton now is fourteen, so he's you know kind of old enough to start watching some of those movies. Kanan um, is eight; he thinks he's old enough um, to watch some of those movies. Obviously, he isn't, um, but yeah, I, I think they're fun. They can be fun, and if they're well done and well made, and um, but I, I'm not the person that you know is is watching a horror movie a, you know a night for the whole month of October or anything like that. I always like the fans who come back from listening from years past. So Joshua would like to know, has the Halloween trick-or-treating training already begun? Yeah, you know, the, the kids have been, uh, have been talking about it. We're kind of mapping out a plan, and uh, you know, they'll be ready to go. They, they know how big of a day it is. And, you know, I think the thing, um, and now that Blakely's a little bit older, she's five, um, you know, she, she has a little bit more pressure on her. You know, she can't just be, you can't be the kid that goes to a handful of houses and wants to get carried, you know, because, A, we're not carrying you. We don't have time for that. We don't have uh, – we can't be wasting, wasting energy. Um, but the other part of it is, is, you know, she now is eating more candy, you know, so she has to do her own share if she wants to uh, keep the ratio the way we want it to be. So I think it's really a big year for her um, to step up and, and really be focused and, uh, and produce an effort. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to her about that. We'll have some meetings and, and make sure she's ready to go. The boys, I'm not, I'm not worried about – 
Um, Colton's now at that age. He's a, he's a freshman in high school. So so what are we going to get from him is a big question that we're not really sure about. You know, is he going to be too old to go trick or treating? Um, you know, but if he's if he's too old to go trick or treating, I know he's not going to be too old to eat a lot of candy. So we're going to figure out what that looks like and what that ratio looks like. But uh, yeah, we'll have some meetings and we'll make sure that they're uh, they're ready to go. And what are our words of wisdom for this week? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, Expand your knowledge, and I would say that um, expand your knowledge in, in a number of different categories and different ways. You know, we've been doing, um, you know, Barstool Sports puts out uh, the Daily Dozen, so it's a, it's a trivia contest with nine categories, and we've been doing it in the office, kind of competing against each other. Um, I sent it to my brothers in kind of a group chat, so we do it every day, and um, the, the questions, obviously there's a handful of sports questions every day, but there's also a handful of questions about pop culture, about history, about food and beverage. I mean, just a whole bunch of different categories. And um, you'd be surprised at how many people are an expert at, at, at very small subsects of things uh, but don't have a vast knowledge. So, you know, you never know when there's going to be a, a question about Lady Bird Johnson as there was today, um, and you're going to have to be ready to answer it. Um, so I just want people to, uh, to expand your knowledge. You know, watch, um, you know, watch different shows. You know, read different sources, um, but but really expand your knowledge because you never know when you're going to have to come up with an answer for a, for a history trivia question, and, and uh, you don't want to be the guy that lets the team down. Fantastic. Coach Broughton, thanks for joining us this week. I appreciate you, Rob. Take care.